Father, we just thank you for Julie and her presence this morning and the word that you've given her. Lord, we ask you to bless her, anoint her, pour into her everything that you want her to say to us, and help us to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. So this morning I thought I'd talk to us a little bit about running our own race. Um, so who, love, who loves hearing about miracles? Yes. Yeah. I, I do. I love Love hearing about miracles, and maybe it's because I've actually experienced some myself. I've experienced healing, and that realization in me, knowing, oh my gosh, not that I'm just healed, but that God saw me. God saw me, and He cared enough to do something about it. That was what took me by surprise. That was what was so wonderful. And that's why I love miracles in other people, because I know they probably experience that same thing. Yeah, that, that, oh, that just awesome feeling of God saw me. God saw me and God cares. So it's, it does still humble me that it's just the goodness of God. Isn't it amazing? So he knows what we need, but he also knows what we need before we ask. There's many times that he provides even before we know we have a need. There have been times when we've received extra money and then a bill's come in for that amount. You know, People have provided things and we've, and we've kind of been offered stuff and, and then all of a sudden we realize ours has just broken down. God knows what we need. A couple of years ago, we had a £200 bill and I wanted to mention it here. Um, We had a £200 bill. We didn't know how we were going to pay it. And someone rang out of the blue and said God had told them to give us £200. How awesome is that? That's only God. Because I could have said to someone, oh, you know, we're struggling, we need a bill, blah, 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 blah. Nothing. I hadn't said a word. And a person rang me and said God had told them. How wonderful that God sees our needs before we even know, before we even ask. God is so faithful. I'm sure some of you have heard the story about our car. When we needed a car many years ago, I prayed for one. And within within days, a friend rang and said, oh, come and visit us. We're all getting together. And I said, I can't. I don't have a car anymore. And she said, oh, yeah, you don't, do you? I've just brought a new one. Do you want my old one? Now, God had prepared that beforehand. How many people buy a new car and leave theirs on the side? But she did. God knew our need before we had it, before they knew about it. But did you know God also has a sense of humor? (laughs) He does. Do you know, the one thing I used to say was, I hate Skodas. Sorry for those of you out there who love Skodas. I hated them. And I hated estate cars. And what did God give me? A Skoda estate. Now, God will give us sometimes what we need, but not necessarily what we want, because he knows what's best for us. But you know what? I was so grateful for that car. It was like winning a lottery. You know, it was amazing. I was so grateful. But I wonder what would have happened if I'd have said, well, I don't like Skoda Estates. I want a nice, pretty gold one like my neighbors got. Do you think I'd have got it? Maybe not. Now, my point is in that, it's pointless waiting and looking for something that somebody else has. Because God has gifts for you and for me. But if we're looking at other people's gifts and saying, well, I want what they've got. 
They, they do that better than me. Look at that. That's really nice. We're not running our own race. We're not looking at what God's already given us. Now, you might think, well, what was the point of giving her that car, the one car she hated? Well, firstly, I was so grateful for any car. But secondly, I had such a laugh with the Lord. I realized he has a sense of humor. And I sat there and I thought, I get it. Okay. You know, thank you. This is fine. I'll never say that again. You know, I just love it. Thank you. Sometimes we can focus on other people's gifts. We can want them so badly that we don't look at what God's already given us. We can sometimes look at people and say, well, they prophesy better. They pray better. They sing better. But what do we do better? You see, each one of you has a special talent, a special skill, a special gift that's in you for your race, for what you need to run your own race. We're each equipped for what we need. Now, I'm reminded of the story of David in the Bible when he turned up at the battlefield with food for his brothers. And he heard Goliath the giant taunting the army of, Is- of the Israelites. He was incensed. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He even went to King Saul and he said, I'll face him. I'll stand up against him. No one else would. If you read the story, they're all standing back waiting for someone else to do it. This young man went to King Saul and said, I'll do it. I want to. But King Saul said to him, he said, but this this is a Philistine who's been fighting since early youth. You're just a boy. But it didn't deter David. He told the king how he'd killed lions and bears that had attacked his sheep. And this is what he said. I went after it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by the hair. I struck it and I killed it. Now, I don't know if you're hearing the same as me, but that sounds very much like he killed those animals with his bare hands. Maybe with a stick, maybe with a stone to help. But no sword. I'm sure you know a grown bear's paw will be bigger than our heads. It will tower over us. A lion isn't called the king of the jungle for nothing. Every animal is afraid of him because he is the strongest. But David was very strong. He was very brave. And he said to King Saul, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He really understood who he was to God. So so Saul let him go ahead. And he even gives him his armor and his sword. But this was still a kid. It was still a young man. And it swamped him. He could not move. So he took it off. He also knew he didn't need it. He couldn't use a king's, a king's, get that, a king's armor and sword. He could have said, wow, you know, a king's armor, a king's sword. But it wasn't his fit. It didn't fit him. And without knowing it, he'd been trained for many years to fight Goliath with everything he needed. 
He'd fought lions, he'd fought bears, he had the bravery, he had the strength. He had a slingshot, which he'd probably sit, sat on the mountain at the side of the sheep, practicing. And he was an excellent shot. Everything he'd been doing was leading up to that moment. And all he needed was a few small pebbles, which God provided at his feet. God knew that what David would need to complete his purpose and he started preparing him beforehand. But if David had tried to use the king's tools that were never meant for him, he would have undoubtedly failed. But even though David knew he didn't need anything but his slingshot, those around him were still seeing a giant and a young boy. They were probably looking and saying, oh my gosh, there's another one that's going to go down. He's going to fail. I wonder about his brothers too because they were there. <coughs> Sorry. And one of them had already told him, go back and tend the sheep. What are you doing here? Are you conceited? You just want to watch the battle. But he didn't. He wanted to win the battle. No one saw in David what God saw. No one believed in David. But David knew who he was in God's eyes. He had confidence and consequently, he knew what he could do with the Lord by his side. To David, this was just another lion or bear. But this one had tried to defy the armies of the living God, and he wasn't going to stand for that. And remember, he'd actually said, who is this Philistine who comes against the armies of the living God? He understood that our God lives, and he is with us and for us. And he knew that because of that, the enemy was under his feet, just as he is under ours. He has nothing to fear, neither did we, neither do we. But he did have to step out the way God wanted him to, with the tools that God had equipped him with, with the skills that God had given him, not with tools that he'd given to somebody else to win battles with. It's amazing actually listening to the confidence that he exudes when he confronts Goliath. And this is what he says. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head and the world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. David understood he was never alone in this. God was with him. People may not have believed in him, but it didn't matter because his faith was not in the people. It was in God. And he knew the battle belonged to the Lord. All he had to do was step forward with his faith his skills, and the tools that he knew how to use. And I mean, it's interesting that Mary got up this morning and she was talking about we've all got something to shine a light. We've all got something to reach out to others. But you see, sometimes people say it's impossible. There's no way you can do this or there's no way you can do that. You're not educated enough. You're too young. You're too old. You're not strong enough, etc., etc. They may even say you can't speak the right language. Remember, God gives you tongues. I've heard stories of people going abroad and the Lord giving them those languages. 
They they may even try to tell us, do it a different way. It won't work like that. Try it this way, because that's their idea. It's not God's. But when we understand how God sees us and that the gifts he's placed in us and the abilities that we have are just what we need to fulfill our plan and purpose, we, we will move mountains. We will conquer the enemy just like David did. 1 John 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and you have overcome them, meaning the enemies, because the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There was a whole army by David, a whole army by King Saul, including his brothers, but no one saw David as a victor, and it didn't matter, because David was different. He knew who he was to God. He knew what the enemy looked like. He knew didn't matter, giant, lion, bear, didn't matter. Because he had the skills, he had the talents, he had the tools that God had given him for every battle he faced. And he's done the same for us. He knew he didn't need somebody else's sword, somebody else's armor, even if it belonged to a king. What mattered was God would provide everything a child of God would need to defeat the enemy because the battle belonged to the Lord. We can't use tools or equipment meant for others and have the same effect. God has equipped us with the things that we need for our purpose. They may not look adequate in other people's eyes, but in God's eyes, we're warriors fully equipped to to run the race that he's planned for us. And of course, we are equipped, but practice makes perfect. If you want to sing better, what do you have to do? Sing. If you want to prophesy better, what have you got to do? Prophesy. If you want to speak or teach better, what have you got to do? Yeah. If you want to see more healings, what have you got to do? Start praying for people. Someone said something interesting to me the last couple of days. A very beautiful young lady. She said to me, I don't like to pray. She said, because I don't have many words. This is what Jesus said about that in Matthew 6. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans because they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Your Father in heaven knows exactly what you want before you ask. So if you want someone healed, what do you have to say? Be healed in Jesus' name. Simple as that. So I'd like to encourage us to dare to be different. Not look at someone else's gifts, but look at what we've, we've been given. We are each unique. We each have a plan and a purpose specifically for our lives, for our race. And God is so good that he wants the best for us. He knows what the best um, skills are and the best tools are for each of us. How many of us have heard a little child say, but all my friends do it? And how many of us have either replied or heard our parents reply, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Well, David was different and so are we. We can't do what everyone else does just to fit in. If we do, 
it will have a detrimental effect on us. We can't follow the crowd. And I, for one, don't, be, don't want to be one of those soldiers holding back and not doing anything, waiting for the other person to do it. We are children of the living almighty God. We're created to be the light of the world for Jesus, created to defeat an enemy and bring freedom in the name of Jesus for everybody out there. And that means we have the most amazing opportunity to stand and do things his way, not other people's, his way. We've got an opportunity to trust in the gifts that he's given us. John fifteen nineteen says, If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world may hate you or will hate you. Jesus and the disciples never followed the crowd. They stuck to their plan. They stuck to their purpose. They stuck to their race. They followed the truth of God always. They didn't try and change the truth. They knew what the truth brought. It brought life. They followed Jesus. They didn't follow the crowd. And the result was the crowd followed them. What do you want to do? Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to follow the crowd? I know what I want to do. I want to follow Jesus. I want to look at what he's placed in me. And I'm, I'm very aware of how we can sometimes stand back and say, well, I can't do that. I can remember saying, I couldn't do this. I remember when I was first asked to speak in the church, I went out the back and cried because I was terrified. But it doesn't matter. As I said, practice makes perfect. You have the skills and the gifts just as you are to run your race. So if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we'll know what he has planned for us. He will help us. He will defeat the enemy for us. And we don't need many words to do it. So this morning... I just want to pray. So let's bow our heads, actually. Lord, I just pray that, Father, you help us understand what you have placed in each one of us. Father, open our eyes to see that we are special in your eyes. We don't have to try to be someone else. We don't have to try and be better at something that was never meant for us to open our eyes, Father, to see what you have for us and how we can use it to bring you glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.